Welcome. I'm Laura Lee Binstock, host of a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. Last week, we spoke with Heather Smith, IFS and psychedelic integrative therapist, as well as my personal trauma therapist. In part two of my three-part series, I have invited Deborah Servetnik, transformational and psychedelic integrative coach. Deborah, you are also a cancer survivor, which actually got you into this work. Can you tell me a little bit about you? Sure. So in 2011, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And that was really how I returned to, to really working with psychedelics um, in, a, in a public way. Because what happened there was um, I I'd, I'd used psychedelics for, you know, many, many years, for decades. And that was the part that brought me into um, understanding that working with a real intentional use of psychedelics in a way to um, really work with my my healing and work with um, a way to just understand what was going on, give it a different perspective and different context that it could be a whole lot more powerful. You did this through Johns Hopkins, correct? Yeah. So when I had, when I had breast cancer in 2011, um, the really interesting thing is how I found out about that study was I had uh, torn out a, a something out of the city paper and um, my husband was a meditator and I had given it to my husband and asked him, um, because I knew he was uh, interested, he was a meditator, he was a meditator for decades. And he applied to the study and, and he wasn't even accepted. So, because they have a really stringent set mm-hmm. of requirements to get accepted. And um, and in general, they're they're looking for, you know, for a certain subset of people. So, so, there, so and we can talk about that later and we really should, um, about all the people that pin their hopes on getting into one of these studies, but these studies are, are, you know, they're very selective. And um, for example, I, I'm, I believe I would have aged out of the study that I participated in at this point. So um, yeah. So at that time I had this opportunity to be in the study and that was, that was pretty, um, that was wonderful because but but I had all these concerns because I hadn't really been very open about my psychedelic use. I didn't, you know, it was illegal. I didn't really know who to talk to about that. So when I was applying for that program, I didn't even know if I should say that I had used psychedelics. I didn't even, I, I was afraid that if I said I used psychedelics, I wouldn't be accepted into that program. There was, there is a fear of that, right? I, you know, I, I did the MDMA therapy for trauma, childhood sexual abuse. I wanted to get into the study that they had going on, but it wasn't moving the way I want, like as fast as I wanted to. I wanted to kind of just get in there and I happened to be connected with some people from the psychedelic underground where I was able to to do this therapy and it was really life-changing for me. But before we get into that, you're also a transformational coach. What is a transformational coach versus let's say a therapist? A transformational life coach like I am has a foundation in spiritual study and in studying the laws of the universe. And it's based on new thought, which has been around for a long, long time. The, you know, the 1800s and 19, early 1900s. I mean, this, this stuff's been around for a long time. So uh, people might know of Wallace Waddle, really longstanding um, authors in that field. Um, Genevieve Bertrand, and there's um, James Allen. Um, uh, 
people might know of maybe Napoleon Hill is sort of like the the more modern end of that but but that's a study that really talks about that there's one universal mind and everything is an expression of infinite intelligence so that's what a transformational life coach will do they'll, they'll bring that knowledge and, and a different perception in looking at um that we really start with um a thought because everything was created twice so everything was first a thought then it became a thing that's that's pretty much the basis of uh, how that works and a lot of what jesus taught is based in in all of that as well so it, it really is about um as a man thinketh he is and um that's where that comes from so when i combine that with psychedelics um you know that that visit into that psychedelic realm of other dimensions it's um it's a way to tune into those dimensions but those dimensions are always here it's just that we're not tuned into them so that's why people use psychedelics because it's a way to tune into those dimensions and you were talking about infinite intellectual is that what you were saying what infinite did you everything's an expression of infinite intelligence so for example infinite intelligence yes yeah, for example and this this will really uh, maybe help you to understand this if you think about the mycelial network when you think about mushrooms and think about mm -hmm. the very properties that mushrooms have mushrooms are mushrooms are directly infinite intelligence you know they have a network that that, ha that happens uh, most of what they what they're doing is unseen and we're, when we see mushrooms right that's the fruit of what's going on you know all underneath the ground and through all these connections and with all the other um with connected to all the other uh life that's all all near it the trees the plants all those things and um the mycelial network is a whole lot like how like how we live it's um it's connected and we're connected to everything but there really is one universal mind and as a transformational coach you help people or life coach you help people tap into this the way i work is um and and what sets my work apart from how other people work is is there's a course of study that's about 10 weeks before we even get close to using psychedelics in the practice, because there's a whole lot understood about how things are created and your perception and um, the power of our thinking, because without without understanding that we are 100 percent responsible for our transformation. You know, it, how do we how do we do anything? So what we're looking at has a whole lot to do how we look at it has a whole lot to do with what we think we're seeing what we what we're bringing from our own experience dictates what we see. you know we talked about this before about the role of a sitter or a guide during a psychedelic experience and you focused on i am a guide not necessarily a sitter can you explain when i think of a sitter i think it's you know you call your friend up and you say hey i i want to do this uh journey on Saturday and I would like somebody to be able to be there in case I need to get to the bathroom and I need like a blanket and I want someone to be there. So, um, you know, I have pets. I'd like somebody to feed my pets, make sure everything's good for me. That's a sitter, like someone who has probably experienced psychedelics and, um, appreciates your desire for that transformation and, and the right to have a deeper connection without having to have, um, a diagnosis or something mm -hmm. like that. But what I really think about that trip is that all the way there, we're, we're looking at what's going on around us and we're making meaning of this. So 
when someone's having a psychedelic experience, they're really in charge of their, of, of everything that's going on around them. And when I'm a guide, I'm thinking about for, for maybe two months before this, we've really looked at what, what you're thinking about and how that's playing a part in creating the life around you. So if you, if you really believe that, um, your situations and circumstances and conditions are more important than what you want, then you feel like, you know, you have to wait for those to change before life gets better. So the way I work is, you know, we don't, we don't look at it that way. We decide, we look at what, what would you love? What, what, what would you really love in life? How do you want to do things? Do you have a vision? So we always start out with a vision and I always say, you know, vision and decision and then an action. So if you have a vision, that's the first step because you can't really do anything without the vision. And then you make the decision and you're, you're always asking yourself, is this vision still appropriate for where I am now? Like, is this vision, do I still feel really happy about this? Is this still something I really want to do? Um, you know, I used to want to, I'm just making this up, but like I used to want to take a vacation. I used to want to go skiing, but you know what? Now, um, if, when I get that vacation time, I don't really want to go skiing. I probably want to go scuba diving and I want to change my vision. And you can do that. So we're continually uh, working on that vision. And, and the best part is this stuff really starts to manifest because when we give attention to it, we create it in the energetic world because everything is energy and vibration. That's who we are. So mm -hmm. everything on this planet is, is energy and vibration. We've been taught by the time, you know, by the time we're four or five, every kid knows they're, they're five and sometimes we'll call them their sixth senses. But nobody's ever taught you about your ability to shift your perception or about how will works in your life or about how reason works in your life or your imagination or your intuition. And, and they're the things that, that happen vibrationally. Like we get tuned into that stuff before it even shows up. By the time this stuff is, a, is one of those, like you can see it, smell it, taste it, touch it things, it's old. Mm -hmm. It's already been here and, and you've kind of missed the cues. Because, because we have, if we're really paying attention to our emotions, we're getting a lot of, a lot of, uh, um, a lot of inspiration to change how we're reacting or to change, you know, how we're responding. Like if something doesn't feel good, that's your cue mm -hmm. that something that you're thinking about this, not the way that your guidance would see this, that your higher self would see this. So that's your, your emotional um, your emotions are really your, your indicators for, for where you need to kind of shift your direction. Well, um, and you know, that's interesting. Cause I'm thinking about what if, what about fear, you know, how sometimes fear can hold you back from doing things. Is that a cue that maybe you shouldn't be doing that? Or should you be challenging yourself if that's what you want? That's a, that's a really good question about fear. Here's the thing about fear. So, so everybody has fear and fears just tells you that you haven't been there before. Fear just mm -hmm. tells you that you're going someplace you haven't been. And it's, it's it, emotionally, it's asking you to prepare for something that's unknown. Mm. So it's an emotional signal that to get ready and getting ready can be so many different things. It could mean, um, you know, um, if you really want this, you got to believe you got to have the expectation it's going to happen without the expectation. Just wanting something isn't enough. That's why a lot of people, that's, that's a wish. 
That's why a lot of people say, um, oh, I've been doing these affirmations and affirmations aren't working because they're not, they're not using affirmations the way they're really designed to be used. And the reason why we use affirmations is because our subconscious mind uh, dictates everything and it creates these ruts on our thinking. Like when we go back and think the same thing over and over again, um, if you ever went sledding and you had to go over somebody else's old, you know, like sledding tracks. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, like, it's like bump, 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 because you just ran into their stuff. doesn't feel good. So that subconscious mind is, is doing the same thing. It's, it's got the, it's, it, it tells, it's being told what to do by your thoughts. Like your thinking is running all the time. You can't stop thinking. So we're always thinking thoughts and we're always creating based on our thinking. Mm. And, and a lot of that stuff goes to our subconscious mind. So our subconscious mind tells our conscious mind, you know, what to believe. And that's, that's how it works. So um, it decides what's inherently scary. It decides um, what's going to take like, you know, every bit of bravery that we have. It, it tells us um, all those kind of things. And, um, the thing is that anybody who's ever done anything really great has done it with the fear. Right. The, the fear never disappears. It's it's just they've learned to manage the fear. They wanted it more than they than they wanted to pay attention to their fear. Now there's a there's intuition, which is different than fear. Sometimes your intuition is going to speak to you and tell you not the time, you know, because you you can never go too far down a wrong road that you can't really recalibrate and, and turn around and do something different. That's why it's so important to check in with, with how you feel all the time. And if it doesn't feel good, recalibrate and then breathe, you know, and how do we recalibrate? We breathe. So we breathe and we reset and then we get back. And, um, if it still feels good, we take that that way. And if it doesn't feel good, we can do something different, wow. but, but we're not doing it. Um, because of the situations and conditions. Right. And, and I think in a way that psychedelics tap into the subconscious, right. That you're trying to, to access. Well, I, I feel like a lot of people don't know that there's, there is that subconscious to access. That's exactly right. A lot of people don't know that their that their life is being run by old thinking. Mm-hmm. By what's happened to them, not who they want to be. And they mm-hmm. let what's happened to them influence their possibilities. Yeah. So that's kind of where I wanted to talk about with the, my MDMA experience, because, um, you know, when I went into it, I, I'm a childhood sexual, um, abuse survivor. And I thought, okay, I, I feel like I've already discussed, I've worked on, I'm healing from the abuse that I suffered from my father. And so now going into this MDMA session, I want to figure out what's going on with my mother, all the trauma that I had experienced from my mother that I haven't really tapped into. Um, but then the day of the, the actual session, there was unresolved feelings there, or there were some unresolved issues that I needed to, um, resolve with the sexual abuse. And, you know, the person I was working with was telling me, you know, you can't really control. You're not, you're not supposed to control what your subconscious or your body, what your healing needs to be. And, and, you know, I, and when the psychedelics kind of took hold, 
it kind of directed me into this space that I needed that I didn't I didn't realize I needed to resolve. You know what? And and, and I don't want to interrupt you, but I want you just to stop where you are because I want you to feel how you feel. And you probably don't feel good. You probably felt better before you before you told me all that. Because because you were actually coming from a different vibration. And this is what happens when we, you know, we're, we're creators, we're not regurgitators, but, but unless we start looking at like, you know, we want to know why that's just, you know, how we were, were made, you know, we're humans, we have these questions, we want to know, but, but the, but the real answer is that everything that happens is a product of our own thinking, mm-hmm. everything. And, and there's a lot of power in that. Um, but it goes like this, you know, it goes like, you mean, I did that. Ugh, like I would never do that to myself. And it's like, of course you wouldn't do that to yourself subconsciously, but everything, I mean, consciously, everything mm-hmm. happens in a subconscious way. But, but, um, but, you know, we, we inherit a lot of beliefs and a lot of practices from people and, and we're yeah. programmed and we spend 12 years in school being very happily programmed, you know, because here's the thing, it, no matter what's going on in your life and your at home life and, you know, and, and this is COVID has been such a great magnifier for this. We have no idea what's going on in somebody's house. Mm-hmm. And at least when we're they're in school, there's some kind of control and there's some kind of like, there's the ability, you know, if you don't have a really good home life, being in school feels like a safety place. Right. I mean, if you have a really good home life and school's not going so good, school, school can really feel like a very scary place to people who, um, you know, feel like they're all alone and feel like they're singled out. So, but the thing is, you know, we make meaning out of all of this. And, and what we have to remember is that this stuff, whatever it is, it came to grow us and we can, we can, we don't have to be whatever it was that happened to us. Like that was just an event that isn't who we are. And, you know, that history is, isn't our destiny unless we keep going back there. And this is what happens is, um, when you tune to that, that's you get more of that. So here's the here's the really good thing. When you know that you've survived something that was really rough, it's like the best thing to take from that is to take your success mm-hmm. and leave behind everything else. So it's like, you know, even though that happened, look at me now. Like I made it and, you know, it really helped me realize that um, I'm a really strong person and it really helped me understand that I can help other people. And it helped me to, to see that what I do is, is uh, not just important, but it's necessary because it, it's helping a lot of people who don't know where else to go for help. They think they're the only one. They think they're alone. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those places where when you think you're alone, it's really hard to see yourself coming out of this because you don't, you can't look to somebody else that made it. Right. When you can see somebody else that made it, it feels really empowering. Right. And and that's, that's why um, when I talk about that, I had cancer. I remember that when I was in these, um, you know, like a support circle, I was like in a support Mm -hmm. circle. When I heard that somebody had survived uh, breast cancer and it was like three years later, that's all that, that, when I heard that, I was like, you mean it can be three years later? Mm -hmm. Then when I heard somebody was in there, it was like five years later. I was like, well, there really is a five years later here because I was afraid and I, and I didn't know what to think. And all I wanted to do was see everybody else's surgeries. And, and that gave me a lot of peace. I remember at one point, you know, we were in a circle and everybody pulled up their shirts to, to show everybody like, not just um, their mastectomies, but, but then there was another time, their reconstructions. And, 
and it was it was really helpful and i know that in but but i know also that i thought a lot differently then than i think now at the time that's what i needed i i wouldn't be even in that place anymore but i was coming from a from a real like life is happening to me belief and i and i would think that if you if you really look at people that are talking about being trauma survivors or any kind of survivor right just that you're a survivor it's like life has happened to me mm-hmm. so that's a certain reality so it's it's great that you survived it but even more important than that is that you know you took the good mm-hmm. because there's some good in this you, there there's good in everything and you took the good because it wasn't just the bad right you're right. I mean, I wouldn't be here telling my story and sharing my story. And like you said, I think it took finding out that this happened to other people for me to feel a little better. It took me a while to feel better to say it out loud um, because people weren't really saying it out loud. When no, and in the beginning, yeah. you're like, how could there be anything good in this? You got to be crazy. Like, there's nothing good in this. But you know what? just because we can't see it now doesn't mean there's not something good in this. And, 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 and the question that we're always asking is how can I see the good in this when what I want hasn't happened yet? Mm. But you know, that's called faith. Right. You're absolutely right. That's what makes you a transformational coach. Now that you understand. Right. Faith and expectation. Um, you're believing it. You're, you're believing that you're going to get have what you want. Because because without the expectation, without without a desire, expectation doesn't doesn't do anything. Without you know an expectation, desire doesn't do anything either. And we're gonna we're gonna have desires. Like here's the thing: we can't feel guilty about wanting something because we are always expanding. We're living in an expanding universe that's always expanding. It's got this ever upward pull to more, and that's who we are. We're we're a piece of the universe. We are, we are all one consciousness. It's funny because for the longest time I was like, ah, you know, I, I didn't know that I was reacting to, you know, my traumas, right. I was, when I was getting triggered by my kids and, you know, I was always scared that I would like be my parents. Right. And then I realized like I am, because I'm actually, I was actually reactive to these traumatic moments where I was feeling neglected and not heard. And, you know, and I felt like that was what was happening with me and my kids, just like, oh, my kids aren't listening to me either. I'm, I'm, I'm getting angry. I'm getting triggered and I'm getting upset and now I'm yelling and this is who I am now. What was great about the MDMA experience that I had was I was able to understand where where these triggers kind of came from where and that's where I could make those shifts. And and you stirred this up because you were ready to shift. <laughs> that's how this works, you know, and and your your inner being knows a whole lot more about what's really on the other side of this than you could ever know because you came here completely resourced. And and here's the thing, you already knew how to breathe before you, you know, they didn't have to teach you how to breathe. And, and we always have, that's how we, that's how we recalibrate. So there's nothing you need to buy and nothing you need to learn. You know, you have that ability to recalibrate with, with every breath. So when you feel yourself slipping into that place, 
which says, why did this happen to me? You know, why am I, am I the only one this has ever happened to? Like, why does it have to be so bad? Why do I keep thinking about this? Like, first of all, why is like, why is like the lowest level question you can ask? So, so what you want and know it, I mean, it is because, because, you know, it's like, what, 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 it's like down the rabbit hole and we don't want to do that. So the, the question is like this, you know, what's seeking to emerge, it, which is different than why. So it's like, what's seeking to emerge from this? You know, not like, why did it happen? What did I do? Like, how could I be so, you know, then we punish ourselves. Right. So, so, and here's the thing it, we punish ourselves for why it isn't turning out better. And, and then we decide we're going to trip. And then when we trip and we don't get like immediate relief, like we hear that we're supposed to have this great relief from a trip and like it just takes one or maybe two. We don't we don't get that result. Um, maybe for a couple of days, it feels really good, um, maybe even a couple of weeks. But then, you know, those those thoughts are back. And, um, you know, now we punish ourselves worse, like like mm-hmm. I tripped and I still didn't get any better and other people are getting better and I'm not getting better. So, you know, the really good news is that we're more than just our emotional body, right? We have a physical body, we have an emotional body, right? We have all this good stuff. So there's a, a there are a lot of great supportive um, um, treatments like for, for all of this stuff, you know, there's like breath work, there's Reiki, there's acupuncture, you know, there's um, massage, there's, there's all this good stuff and psychedelics and all together, it, it's what helps us create that transformation. Meditation, you know, if, if if you're not already in a meditation practice, that's that's another one, just like breathing. It's like the basic building block for your relief. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that that it's you first, like you're taking care of yourself first. So what would that mean? That would mean breathe. That would mm-hmm. mean sleep. That would mean when it feels like too much, take a nap, Ta- yeah. go, go in and meditate. It really it really does mean that. But we live this fast paced life that says, you know, and then it tells us I have to run away from this stuff. I, I don't want to feel this because it's really painful. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's releasing that energy from our emotional body. And that's telling you something. It's telling you you're energetic. And when you were talking about opening yourself up going before getting into a trip or starting your journey, kind of resourcing, what is it? So there, there are, if, if there's like a mental block someone has, like, I don't know if this is going to work for me, then it probably won't. Right. Is that what you're saying? Well, can your mind really understand the depth of an energetic spiritual experience? I mean, is it possible to really understand that? You know, it's funny because, um, even when, you know, the latest conversation I think in the psychedelic world is, is where psychedelics fit into ancient religion. Mm-hmm. And then we, so we ask ourselves, you know, we talk about Eleusis and we talk about, you know, the burning bush and and we're psychedelics a part of this. And it's like, you know, what happened? Like after, after the New Testament, nobody talked to God anymore. Like that was it. You know, there's Old Testament, lots of talking to God. Then the New Testament, some talking to God, some more, you know, and then, and then, you know, then there's the stories, right. But the, but, and, and, um, maybe, you know, I, I, I have this ability to see both sides of this because I wasn't raised Christian, but as I've learned stuff, I, I've really learned that Jesus was an amazing law of attraction teacher. That's he, he was the best teacher at this. And, um, what I find so interesting, I guess, from my perspective, since I'm not Christian is that why are we not talking about some of the stuff that he said that was so basic because the stuff that he says that's so basic is like, 
you know, already see yourself as healed. Like stop talking about why you're not healed. Like stop telling the story about yourself being sick and being, and, and being, you know, unworthy, like you're sick and, and, you know, um, and unclean, you know, and you can't, you can't have access to God because, you know, there's some, you're sick or you're unclean, whatever those things are that are like from the Bible. So we busy ourselves with all this conversation about, you know, is the Bible sexist? Is the Bible, you know, all, all this stuff, like is the spot, is the Bible even relevant? But, but the thing that I always get every single time is the, the conversation about being really present with your source that taking that taking that moment to really tune in and in, and in gratitude because so much of these prayers right are in giving thanks yes. so so in you know what if prayer wasn't me being on my knees being really desperate what if prayer was just me asking like you know god it'd be really great if i could have um you know uh, I could feel really resourced, not just, um, you know, I love, I love where I live. And I, and this is really from my own example. I do love where I live. And you know what? I'd love to live with a place that had even more trees. I'd love to live in a place that had even more quiet. I would love that. So, mm. um, you know, and not feel bad about asking for stuff like that. I'm not on my knees going like there's something wrong with what I have. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, um, it would be wonderful. I'm so appreciative for what I do have because, because when we, when we get into that gratitude and appreciation, we stop like striving. Otherwise, otherwise we don't notice it's already been delivered and we just mm -hmm. keep like working, working, working. Like, when am I going to get better? Like, when am I going to not have trauma? Like, when am I going to, you know, like, when am I going to really be able to have a relationship, um, you know, with, with my significant other and really trust them because like my past is like so in the way and I, I can't do that, you know? Right. We internalize all this stuff that, that honestly, this stuff comes up for repatterning. That's why it's coming up. It's like, you, you know how, um, you know, like that great relief you feel like, it's like having a drink after on a really hot day. It just feels so good. It's like the water was there the whole time, but you just <laughs> get <the> drink. <laughs> well, we t I, want, I do want to talk about like setting up for the experience of the day. And I, I hear this a lot. Set and setting is extremely important. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, you know, set and setting is, is, um, it's kind of like part of the recipe, you know, like if, like if you were going to ask somebody um, how to roast a chicken and they start out by saying, you know, first you take it out of the package. I, I mean, I'm serious. Right. Yeah. And then, right. Yeah. I mean, okay. But then you get the pan out, you know what I mean? First get the pan out, then you take it out of the package. Okay. It, it's like set and settings like that. It's like, it's like set and settings always with you. Like, like you wouldn't even begin to go into this without thinking about what's it going to be like, what would be my, my ideal situation? Um, where would I really love to do this and feel comfortable? What's a place that feels relaxing to me and not going to be interrupted. And I'm not going to feel like, um, I have to, um, be disturbed by either noise or people or animals or something like that. So that's what set and setting is. It means that you're using this intentionally. And I think, you know, I think one of the reasons why we talk about set and setting so much is because drugs are legal and I'm saying drugs mm. because, because I mean it like that, because if we had the freedom to use psychedelics in a way, we wouldn't have to feel like, oh, wow, I just got this, you know, here's my opportunity to, to, um, 
use these mushrooms right now and I'm at a concert and that's where they showed up. Um, but maybe it's not the greatest plan to use them at a concert because I do have to drive home and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I really don't, you know, this isn't really the place that I might want to be when I really get that desire to go really inside myself. Now I'm in a public place. I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. How am I going to get from my chair to the bathroom? I don't know where the bathroom is. <laughs> so that's what we talk about because in the past, right? Because, because it's so difficult for us to have access to these amazing things. We just sort of jump on them when they're offered mm -hmm. instead of going like, probably not a great idea right now. And, you know, and I do have work tomorrow or like this, which is, you know what? Um, I probably want to have a cleaner diet before I begin. I probably want to spend a couple of days really paying attention to what I eat. Mm -hmm. I probably want to spend a couple of days really in deeper meditation. I probably want to write down my vision before I go do this and really give attention in my trip to like creating um, in a much bigger way what I would really love. So that's why I think we talk about set and setting so much because if these things were available, um, you know, it's kind, it's kind of like being an underage drinker throughout. <laughs> it's kind of like that. It's like they went out, now let's go drink. And maybe, you know, like, okay, why? <laughs> well, the reason why I bring that up too is because it's it, every time, whenever I talked about, you know, I'm going to do this, this psychedelic assisted therapy, MDMA assisted therapy, people would automatically, it was just like, it clicked in their head. Like I'm going to be at a rave. They're like, Oh, you're going to, are you going to want to have sex? Like, is it all these things that like people usually experience on MDMA? And I'm like, I really don't think it's like that. I feel like I'm, it's, I'm going to be in a room probably with not like rave music. Um, Isn't that amazing? But we did that to ourselves. Like, you know, it's, it's sort of like the idea of, of even tobacco, like tobacco is a sacrament. I mean, tobacco clearly had an, had an effect on people, but we took tobacco and we put it in like bleached papers and we put additives and chemicals in it. And then we addicted, you know, we got people addicted to like, but, but they're not even using it as a sacrament. You know, that was, this stuff was all like all these plants and all these properties and even MDMA. I mean, it had the ability to really help people in a really heart centered way. But then of course, since it became illegal, here's my opportunity to do MDMA. It happens to be a festival because somebody made this in their basement because I can't, I can't really obtain this legally. So, you know, somebody decided this would be really great. And all the people that would want to open their heart would also um, be the kind of people that would want to hang out with me. And of course I'm at this festival. So they would be at this festival too. I mean, that's that you see how like that, you know, that reasoning works. Mm -hmm. So absolutely because people don't understand the power um, behind these sacraments, they've been around for, for a long time and they, they, they do so much transformational work. Um, but we have to find, you know, we, we have to use them in a way where the transformation can really happen. Yeah. For, for me, there was like really nice music playing. I had a blanket, so I was really comfortable. My, my guide, really let me experience what was happening do you ever feel like you as a guide do you talk to them do you initiate any conversation while they're going well, through this I, experience I check in with people you know I'm always checking in and I'll write down I I you know first of all I'm just going to say 
um, I always tell people that they're going to have to obtain these things. That's, that's not for me to get. Right. So that's, that's from the beginning. And, you know, they're just getting a lot easier to get. And um, I think that's a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Now you want to, of course, test these things anyhow um, and dance safe. And it, that's a really good way to go about testing your stuff is through like test strips and things like that. And and we're set up in a way now where we can relatively easily do that. So that's a good plan. The MDMA idea is an amazing idea. And if you can do that with your partner, it, it has amazing opportunities to share that and that experience with your partner. You're really open in your heart. It's really a great thing. If there were two people experiencing that, they would know, they know a whole lot more than I do about their relationship. So I think that's the place where I, I take a step back because you are your highest authority. And if you, and if you were just doing this by yourself, um, what I do is I, I always bring a journal and I leave it with the people I'm working with. And I always say, you know, anything you want to say, I'll write it down. You can say whatever you want. You know, you don't worry about saying anything in front of me. It doesn't go any further than in front, you know, I keep it all confidential and, um, you don't have to make sense out of it now, but let's say you say something to me like dog in a blue dress. I, you know, I don't know what that means. I'm not going to say to you, what does dog in a blue dress mean? Because, because two seconds later, it's like, it's like, you know, top of the mountain with the radio. It's like, I don't know where this stuff is coming <laughs> from, but you know what? It's like, I'll write that down, dog in a blue dress. And, and chances are, when you see that later, you'll know what that meant. Mm-hmm. But if you don't say that to me, it's sort of, it just like vanishes. And that's the reason why psychedelics alone can't create the change because when you're in that altered state, how do you sustain that altered state? You can't. Right. So it's, and, and that's why it's just so amazing. I, and I love, I could talk about this forever. That's why a vision is so important. That's why writing it down. And here's the thing you are moving that like, that's a cellular memory. You're moving it from these neurons and, and your reticular activating system. You're, you're moving it all through your, cells into you know your fingers out into a paper you're you're actually completing an energetic circuit so when you're when you're doing that it's um it's really effective and without doing it in that way you you're not getting what you came for so um journaling ahead of time is really important uh journaling afterward really important uh during the experience it's pretty difficult to journal I've done it myself. I've written like 30 pages, honestly. And um, the first 10 pages were pretty good. And then the rest, I was like, I don't even know what I wrote. But <laughs> at the time, it felt real important. But, but <laughs> I don't really know what I wrote. So um, I think from that, that helped me to see that I would want to be a scribe for someone if they wanted me to write that down. Wow. If people want me to video it, I'll video it for them. I mean, I've had people ask me to do that. Um, I think just being really present with your emotions, letting yourself feel what's coming up. There's uh, frequently a lot of tears in these things too. And there's, a, um, and I think that's a really great thing because your emotional body is, you know, it's, it's coming with you for the ride. So you want to make sure that um, you're allowing all of this and I'm here to support my, my client. Like that's what I'm there for. I'm there to support them. So we don't try to figure it out. We just know it's, it's like residual emotion 
we, you know, I'll write it down. I'll write down my own notes. They'll write down their stuff. And um, you want to take really good care of yourself before and after. You want to get enough sleep. You want to, you know, eat something really nurturing. You want to make sure you're drinking enough water and um, meditating. And you want to, I always tell people, don't schedule anything the day before and the day after. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're capable of doing stuff before and after, but you're not letting yeah. it actually. Yeah. You know, yeah. You need to sit with it. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely capable, but you know what? It's so nice to just, things will, things will download. They'll continue to download. And it's so nice to be able to do that you know, without, without any other stimulation or, mm. you know, overstimulation. Or... Right. Right. What do you hope to achieve with your clients? I just know that everybody I know wants to have a great life. People, people want to, um, we came here with amazing capabilities. Most of us never even realized what they are. People, um, make decisions based on a lot of fears and, uh, in general, those decisions don't, don't turn out well. So the best thing to do is make a decision from a, from a place of expansion. You know, this would make me really happy. This is what I would love mm -hmm. when, when you're, when, and that's how I work with people. What would you love? And what if it were easy? That's really where we, we are all the time. What if it were easy? Cause it is easy because once you put that request in the universe, you, you couldn't even think it up unless it was possible. I guess what I, I'm, I'm what I'm really curious about is as a transformational life coach versus someone who is working who with a trauma or um, you know like integrative therapist or or trauma coach um, who does psychedelic work. It seems like for you, it seems like you're trying to manifest things that you want, right? versus well, why, also are we, why also are we here that's why we're here that's why people have children mm -hmm. that's because i mean and that's what children are right it's like it's like your hope and your and your um faith and like you know and and your you know nobody has kids thinking that their lives are going to be harder than theirs were people have have kids with the hope that that they're creating and they're giving an opportunity for something really grand to happen like you know, um, it, it's kind of amazing when we think about, um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I love to think about this stuff, um, how people meet, what, you know, how they, how things just really transpire in the universe. Like, um, the universe is so much smarter and so much the, like, you like, um, the design of the universe is so much smarter than we could ever be. Just looking at the plants, looking at the leaves, looking at, you know, the flower of life, looking at the golden ratio, mathematical formulas, things like that. I mean, this is an amazing place to be living a life. Mm -hmm. So, so what we want to do is we, we have these ideas and we want to, we want them to, to really rise to their potential. And, um, we just, we, you know, it, the joy is in the creating. And even a mistake is it really, when you break it down, it really is a mistake. It really is like, you know, I'm going to just, I'm going to try, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to get up and do it again. And um, I, I think that this stuff is, is 
is so important because the message is always that we're trying to we're trying to elevate our internal state to be greater than our external environment through our thinking that's what we're doing that's our goal is to that's why we're here to elevate because situations and conditions we're always going to have them you can't control what anybody else does or says or thinks you 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 know we have no idea why anybody does anything the only thing we can control is what we think about it and what we want, you know, from our own desires. So it's really kind of cool because what's happened in the past really isn't that important. Well, I think about for like for me, when I think about doing the MDMA for trauma work, I know a lot of it is kind of resolving, kind of dealing with behaviors I have, I have now and kind of finding the pattern where, or that wound that was triggered and kind of healing that wound in order to move forward. Do you feel that that's, that, that's where the breakthrough is, mm -hmm. right? That's the breakthrough is going beyond that emotionally charged, stuck belief. That's what that is. That's why, um, you know, I, I like when I like Joe Dispenza, I really like, I, I hope people that are uh, watching this or thinking about, you know, continuing on with other books they can read and things they can uh, pay attention to. But Joe Dispenza is a great person to read his stuff and, and listen to him talk because he, he says, you know, the incident is incidental. It, that's it. It's, it's like this one thing that happened and then we keep replaying it. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I also love this one. I took this from him too. It's like, you know, he says that wisdom is, is, is um, a memory that doesn't have an emotional attachment. Wisdom is the learning that doesn't have an emotional attachment. That's what makes you wise. That's what gives you wisdom. Is it, it happened? Yes, but it didn't. It didn't break you. It didn't. It, you know, it didn't destroy you. It like it. It made you stronger. And I always say to to my clients, you know, no shame, no blame, no no time wasted. All of it. All of it really happened to create who you are now. Um, it really is in all things, give thanks. And I think most of us say, um, you know, we understand the words, make the best of it, but we think make the best of it means, well, I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to bitch about it all the way to, to <laughs> done. Like I'm going to complain the whole way. Oh, I'm right. making the best. This sucks. I mean, you know, I have a barbecue and it's raining, but I'll make the best of it. We'll do it in the rain. I know that sucks, but you know, <laughs> so I, so I kind of, I, I mean, I really think about that. It's like, and that feels really normal. That feels yeah. really normal because most of the people around us complained, but you know, co you know, complaining is easy. Complaining is really for the weak. And, um, it's, it's like that faith is really for the strong. It's a, it's a whole different way of living because this is about surrendering to infinite intelligence. Like nobody expects you to do this by yourself. You're not doing it by yourself. Yeah, you're right. It's hard to do this by yourself, but you're not. So I think that's, that's why I like being, um, you know, a transformational coach. What I'm wondering for you is if exploring the past in that way, figuring out where that wound is, is that, is that relevant? We're all wounded. I mean, we mm -hmm. all are. And, you know, um, one of the things that, that Joe Dispenza talks about too, he talks a lot. I mean, this is really kind of 
um, very current conversation is about it's about resetting your nervous system and moving mm -hmm. out of fight or flight. And in the trauma world, we're, we're always talking about this. Um, and Joe Dispenza says that your nervous system is is the best pharmacist in the world. That that your nervous system transcends pharmaceuticals because and it's with you all the time and you don't have to do anything special. You don't need a prescription. It's like you just need to breathe. And and you know how you know breathing is really important because when you're not breathing, you're dead. That's, that's how you know. Like it's done. It's over. So we know that breathing is what sets us apart from something that doesn't have the ability to to create, you know, some kind of life from these um, experiences that happen to us, like a deeper relationship to our life. Yeah, when I was actually in treatment last year, I did a heart rate variability um, test where they kind of hooked me up to some stuff. And in real time, I can see what was happening to the way I breathed and how, um, I guess, how my, my heart rate and all of that altogether. And what I noticed that my stress level was, I, well, my, first of all, my breathing was just naturally shallow. I didn't even realize, I thought I was breathing like a normal person. So when people were tell, would tell me, Hey, you know, you need to breathe. It's like, Oh, okay. I actually really need to breathe better. I need to take deeper breaths. Cause I thought I was just breathing normal when they're like, see how shallow your breath is. And they're like, now take a deep breath. And when I did take like I would inhale for four seconds, pause and ex exhale or inhale for three seconds, pause, exhale for four. All of a sudden you saw these stress levels go down yeah. and it was just really interesting to that. see it in real life. Well, you know, what's really cool. You just confirmed that we're vibrational. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what we said because they're measuring this and, and, you know, the breakthrough is more than just the insight. It's the vibrational shift. Mm -hmm. and that and it's within our control right you can go to therapy till the cows come home <laughs> but but it, unless and until you really have a different perception and take an action step that's lining up with what you would really love nothing will change yeah. so that's why the vision when people work with me we get really really big on the vision and then that's where the affirmations come into play because the affirmations are more, you know, the affirmations aren't just like, you know, um, I'm a great person and life is really fun. Like, it's, it's not like that. It's like, you know, in everything I do, it's like this, it's like, it's like, as soon as you say I am, um, this is what Joel Osteen says. He says, as soon as you say, I am what, what you say afterward comes looking for you. So if you say I am sick, right, you know, there you go. So if we say I am resourced and everything's always working out for me, you know, and, and it's all, it's all happening in my favor. Even if I can't see it right now, I, I trust that it's all working out. Before I even went into treatment, I thought it was, it is easier to just say, you know, everything kind of sucks every, you know, I'm just going to go on, you know, and just kind of hope everything good happens. It's like kind of preparing for the worst and hoping for the best kind of thing, but you're right. still, <laughs> but right. I, I thought that that's how it, that, that was, that was okay. But it really, I wasn't, I was obviously no, not manifesting anything that I wanted in my life. I was just like, eh, it might happen. It might not, but well, I'm just going to prepare not working, for it. Not. <laughs> if it's not working, you can always get a different therapist because a different therapist will make it work. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, but you know, we do that. We do that too. We keep thinking it's front because we, we never think that it happens through us. 
And this is the thing, it all happens through us. Mm-hmm. The, the, the good stuff, the not so good stuff, you know, it, it happens through us. It's like, it's like we really do create with our thinking. And the sooner you decide for what you want, the sooner your, your vibration is in a new place. You're creating from a whole different vibration. And most of us create through incremental, like little baby step vibration. And, and that's okay. But, you know, when you put your head down on the pillow for the last time, you know, you want to know that, that you had the life that you wanted. You don't want to wait. You don't, you don't want to wait because we don't, none of us knows how much time we have. None of us. Right. So we, you came here to have an amazing life. That's what you're here for. And, um, we're amazing creators. It's, it's, and the contrast is what helps us do that. Like I look at someone, for example, like Stephen Hawking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, they predicted his death like 50 years before it happened. Like he was never going to make it. He's so sick. He's a sickly guy. It's like, I mean, not only did he not die, but he created a bunch, bunch of amazing things. And, mm-hmm. and, um, it's like, why would you let somebody tell you, you know, how much you can have? Right. So when we, when we hear a story like that, we're like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, but, but he's really no different than you are. Like, you know, we don't have to let anybody tell us how much we can have. It doesn't have to come through what our parents had. It doesn't, because the, the, you know, the law of attraction doesn't care who your parents are, like how much money they have or how much education they have. They don't care. That's the law of attraction doesn't care about that. It's going to line you up with a vibrationally compatible um, frequency. And that's, that's what happens. So how do you switch that? You have to think into better thoughts. So yeah, you know, we might've survived trauma. What we think of today isn't, isn't meant to be like who we are forever. It's just not how it is. We're going to grow. We're going to change. And um, you would never, you would never be dragging around those shoes that you wore when you were in fifth grade. You you don't keep them anymore. They're not even in your closet. So you're not trying to fit in those anymore. That's, it's like, you know, there's just no reason to do that. And, um, and, but this was a really necessary stage. This is part of your transformation. And, and, um, it, it has so much to do with accepting and welcoming all of us, you know, all our whole being and not, and finding like the deepest, most unlovable place and loving it anyhow. And is that kind of where the, the psychedelics kind of come in and tap into? Um, yeah, but they don't, they, they're not like a magic bullet. So it's like, you know, we talk about that in the work that I do. We talk about that in those weeks leading up to it. We talk about what yourself, what you think about yourself, how you see your, your self-worth. If you think, um, <clears throat> if you have forgiveness, um, uh, forgiveness, um, forgiveness ideas, let's say that's, if you have forgiveness blockages, if you have something in there that you really um, would be best serving by moving through. And I know that if those of us that have had trauma, it's really hard to forgive certain people and certain things that have happened, but we're not doing it for somebody else. We're doing it for ourselves. We're unkinking that hose in ourselves because it's really hard for us to take all the good stuff that there is when we pushed, like when, you know, when we put the cork, we like stopped it up. We, that's it for me. No more now. So when we do that, we, we hold ourselves back from those amazing things. And that's the beauty of being alive is like, 
you know, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. And, um, and contrast is what is our tool. It sounds so crazy. And when I first started getting into this, especially as I started like studying with my teacher about transformation, it was really, really a tough one for me to believe that, um, something good could be bad. I mean, Mm. something bad could be good. It was like the whole thing. I was like, well, that feels like that would be good. I mean, why would that be bad? And it's sort of like, um, you know, it's sort of like, I mean, it's not as simple as like cheating on a test, but like, you know, you could cheat in a test. You can get like an A, but you know, it's like, did you really learn what you had to learn? Then you can rationalize it. I didn't need to learn that anyway. It was so much worth cheating and I never have to look at it again. It's all good. But you know what? You know who you are. No, nobody else is really judging you. It's like, if you really think of yourself as a person with integrity and you're a person who's cheating on tests, it's like, do you really think you have integrity? Well, okay, but don't judge somebody else. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that there's a, is, is there a difference between forgiveness and understanding? What does forgiveness really, really mean? Could, could someone just, okay, I understand why they did this to me. Or is it is or is it just a word? I'm just because I know that there are for me, you know, obviously I in my MDMA experience when when I was um my first trip, it was all of a sudden it was my I was seeing my father's life as a child. It was like I was seeing my father's inner child and how he experienced um, you know he he was surrounded by people who normalized this type of abuse you know physical and sexual abuse and so i i started finding getting find, having some compassion for him and but but the thing is it's like i don't i don't find it necessary for me to talk to him or have a relationship with him you know what? You understand forgiveness perfectly. That's exactly right. And you don't ever have to talk to him ever again because it's not for him. It's for you. But you're right. And he, and here's the thing. So, you know, if you one of the things I really love is A Course in Miracles. And A Course in Miracles says that everything is either an expression of or or a, or a you know, a request for love. It's either it's either love that we want or love that we're trying to give. And everything in life is either you know, expression of or a call for love. That's it. If you look at people in jail, you know, you look at people that committed some really horrible crimes. It's like, do, do you really think they felt loved? Do you really? Right. You know, we know that they don't feel loved. So, I mean, you don't, you don't need to be a psychologist or like a criminologist to know that. You just need to be like a human being to know that anybody who really felt loved wouldn't be able to do that. Right. So you know, there's something that didn't happen there. There's some real, there's some real wounding, some real trauma, something really terrible has probably happened to them. So, you know, so what do we do about that? We just have to increase the love, you know, for everybody. And that doesn't mean that I have to keep them in my life, right? Because, you know, I, so in my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, I, I understand I find I have some compassion for what you have gone through. Um, you know, just a couple of weeks, like a week and a half ago, my mother was like, 
you know, why don't you come visit us? And I'm like, I'm, I, I'm just not going to bring my children around my father. I just can't. I don't, I don't want to be around him. And she said, can't you just forgive and forget for the sake of the family? And I felt like, I was like, well, I mean, now I'm just angry. <laughs> um, I feel well, like you can I see where she's coming from, right? Can can you see where she's coming from? Yeah, I can. I, I I mean, I think that was that's always been her motto, right? To forgive and forget. It's 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 her own trauma response where she where she's realizing, like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want this to be. I don't want to have to think about this and I want everything to go back to normal. So for my sake, can you do this for me? And, and then, but I think that's when I felt like I needed to pull up my boundaries and say, you know, I can't, <laughs> I'm just, well, you know, knowing that, knowing that, knowing that this has happened now twice in her life. Okay. Like she's, you know, it's not just something she's experienced but something her daughter experiences. And I'm, you know, I'm a mom of a daughter. Um, you know, I would never want my daughter to, um, experience the hardships I've had. Um, you know, we do everything so they don't have to experience that stuff, but some of those things, um, were really good learning tools and, um, you know, it, it's, um, it's really painful to see um, some of my past mistakes, believe me, when, mm -hmm. but you know, I didn't know what I knew. I mean, I, you know, I right. didn't know that what I know now, like, I didn't know that. So I can't really blame myself for that. And I can't really um, make it any different. I can't go back to the past. I have to just understand that the past really was there and it happened. And um, I did the best I could in that moment. And, you know, we're, we're only taken with us who we are. That's why it's so important to talk about that self-love and so important to, um, you know, this stuff is, it's, it's like, you know, we live in this world where we think that we shouldn't have kids and, you know, until we're really prepared to have them. But that's like a, that's like a dream, you know, it's like, most of us have kids before we're prepared to, to do it. I mean, we just mm -hmm. are, by the time we're prepared, it's like kind of late to have them. So, um, and I didn't have my daughter until I was, was really 40 years old. So, um, and still I made mistakes. So, and, and I never, you know, I, I'm so glad I didn't have her when I was in my twenties because my twenties were just, you know, definitely not uh child safe. Let's put it that way. So, <laughs> So when I think about this, I think, you know, in your own life, um, you can see where your mom's coming from because she's, she's just asking you to kind of give her permission to, to take it from here. Like she doesn't want to stay stuck in the past. I mean, she's committed to this man. Right. So, so what's she supposed to do? Yeah. And you know, her experiences enabled her to, to like make it through this. But but we really decide if this stuff is going to break us or we decide if this stuff's going to grow us. That's just all we can do about it. But you can see why she would, you can see why it would be important for, for her to think that it was all okay. Because, you know, that's how most of us operate. If it looks okay, it's good. Right. It doesn't really matter what's underneath as long as it looks okay. Right. 
that that's that's how she's operated that's how my whole family's kind of operated my whole life that's how the whole world operates (laughs) right it's like you know we elect people and we decide they're this or that you know we decide they're not this or not that we appoint people we i mean i mean i just think about all the all the things that are uh, and and here's the real thing is they're all just done by people that Mm -hmm. have um have experiences that have shaped who they are. Right. So then now, now I ask, how do you break the cycle? How do you, I mean, and have I forgiven him if, if I don't want to see them or if I, you know, have I forgiven? I mean, if I, if I cut them out of my life, if you can understand that everything's an expression of love or a call for love, can you see what, where he can fit into that? Like in my physical life? Yeah, like in your own life. So if everything's an expression of love or a call for love, can you see that what he did was one or the other? Yeah, I guess. I, yeah. Have you ever done anything that that somebody didn't like, but you knew it came from a, you thought it was an expression of love? Yeah. Did you ever do something that somebody didn't like and and you were like, it was a call for love? I see now that, you know, it was really me asking for something in return. But at the time, I didn't see that. So, you know, that's just us being who we are in in a, in, in this human body. It, it really is just the way that we, um, you know, we have all these relationships all going on at the same time we have you know like you know like and you know this you know you're a mom and you have a mom you're a child and you have children it's like we have these these relationships we have all these different identities all the time they're they're the same and they're different and 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 no one is like you know all of us in this human body are are just you know really we are just having a, a human experience in a very short amount of time but we really are spiritual beings here for growth and experience. And we're just having this human experience in a really compact way. Mm-hmm. Mm. But we're, you know, we're infinite. I mean, we are really infinite. This is an infinite, this is an infinite universe. This is how it is. But that's why we always go back to what we, what would you love? Because if you would love to have a different relationship with your father, that's something to think about. Yeah, I, but then I think, because I don't, to be honest, I I feel like I've, I, I don't have a need to have this relationship with, with either of my parents, really not because, I mean, if taking, taking the abuse and the neglect, you know, out of the picture, I feel like, I mean, I, I, I don't benefit, I, I don't benefit from their the way they see the world, right? It's completely different than the way I see the world. Um, and I, I feel like it's more of like this negative energy that's kind of like sucking me in that I kind of just want to kind of free myself of. Well, can you at least look at this, like what good came out of this? Um, I, I, I think I can, I mean, I feel like I, I wouldn't be here 
with, you know, my, my amazing husband and my amazing children. Um, and the, and the mom that you are and the wife that you are and, you know, and the, I mean, I feel like I'm know. still trying to work on myself as a mother and as a wife, just because of, you know, these, the, the cycle of, you know, wounds of never feeling like I was ever heard. And that's kind of what I'm experiencing now is trying cool. to break through I, that. I got to say this, right? What if you just start to tell a different story? Because that's a story. It's a, so what if, what if you could tell a different story? You know, it's, it's a story. Yeah. Because like I said, if, if, if they're, you know, if everything's a call for love or an expression of love, there's a different story to be told. I feel like I'm constantly working on, on, on changing this, the story that I've, I've told myself, like, right. I'm. Well, you know, you, you can't, you can't serve two masters. Like you, you can't be working on your transformation and, and then be stuck in the place of, you know, I can never change from this. Like, this is who I am. And it's like permanent. You can't be like, you know, there's a transformation for me and then be like, you know, um, I, I'm always going to be the butterfly. I mean, or I'm always going to be the caterpillar or like, you know, I mean, I mean, like there's a, there's a real life cycle to this. You know, the caterpillar is going to have to become the butterfly really, whether it wants to or not. That's, that's what it's here for. Yeah. I, I do feel like I, my, I can trans, I can transform and, and, and do better what if you could imagine something different? Let's start there because it's because the imagination is, is really key here. Can you imagine a different relationship with your parents? I, I don't, I mean, I don't know if this is what you're, what you're thinking, but I mean, I, I honestly would feel, I would honestly feel better just kind of moving forward with my life without them in it. I know that that's like, I want to be, I want to be able to move forward and be able to nurture my children and, and, and have all of these things um, and create all of these things without the, the baggage of, you know, what my parents, you know, kind of, I feel like it, it's, it's there, it's holding me back. You know, I feel like well, it's, what would you really love? That's always the question. I would really love to be able to move on and, and create the family that I would love with the, my own family and, and not necessarily be feel guilt for um, want not wanting a relationship with them i guess that's kind of what it is because i think there's every the guilt time, every there. time now hold on a second this is really a good one because you can see what you're dragging with you i hope you can say it because every time i ask you what you want you you tell me what you don't want every single time and this is this is how we do it that's a good thing that's this is the gift in this right because we only know what we want through knowing what we don't want so that's okay but the thing is now can you just imagine what, what it is that you would want because this is good. It's letting you know that 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 is not working. So I want something different. Yeah. What is it that you would want? 
I want to be able to raise my children the way I feel that would be healthy for them. Are you doing that? I'm working on it. Are you? Give yourself more credit than that. Are you doing that? I think you are. I mean, I think it's tough some days. Yes, I feel like. Here's the thing. Okay, so here's the thing. Look, so then, then really, okay. So, what if you could be kinder to yourself? Because here's the part. That's what I'm working on. (laughs) And and for sure, because here's the part: we punish ourselves for allowing this to happen to us. That's what's still going on. Like from where I'm sitting, that's what it looks like to me. Because, because I know that one. It's like, it's like, how did I let myself? How did I allow that? How, you know, like mm-hmm. how, like, okay, you know, how did I let that go on? Or how did I keep coming back? How did I not say anything sooner? Or how did I not tell somebody? Or, you know, I mean, we have all have our own versions of this stuff. But, right. um, but, but that's the one that's like as soon as you can stop punishing yourself and just know that this stuff came to grow you the end of the story. (laughs) I mean, it really is just trusting in the fact that, you know, I mean, you know, what I believe is that the people in our lives, they're going to continue to be people in the next life. I mean, they've been the people in the last life. They're the people in this life. They're going to be the one, you know, sometimes your mother's your daughter. Sometimes your daughter's your mother. I mean, that's really what I think. And, um, and, and I've experienced that in, in, in rebirthing stuff and in, um, psychedelic work, it comes up a lot. And, um, I, I think that's the beauty of this is that we just keep, we just keep refining these relationships and, and they have to line up with what we think we deserve. And, and, you know, we, we come up, we, we, we have a lot of stories to begin with, you know? And then, like I said, we're programmed and we don't even know that. And we're programmed by people who, who, who are programmed by other people. Like, like the life is going to be hard program. Like the, let me warn you because program, you know, like the bad things happen to all, like we never get more than this program. Like there's just, there's many of them and, um, we all have them. And, and, um, the real important thing is when you can really allow your internal, your, your internal experience to be, to be greater than your external experience, it's, it changes everything. So, so like, we really do know what's, what feels good. And we're constantly being asked to like, you know, it's like your own internal navigation system, like move over here, move over here, move over here, move over here. And you're like, nope, nope. And you know what? There's a load of traffic in front of you, but I'm staying in the left lane. Do you ever drive in the left lane and nobody's moving? <laughs> not getting out of that left lane. And it's like that. It's like the same thing. It's like, but this is the left lane. I'm staying here. Well, nobody's going anywhere. The right lane's actually moving faster. Yeah, I know, but this is the left lane. And it's like, we do this stuff to ourselves. You know, we do this stuff with our thinking. So that, so the question, it goes like this, when your mom calls you and says, do you want to come over? And you say, doesn't, you know, that you take, like you do that whole little body scan. Doesn't feel good. I really don't want to go over. So you say, you know, no. 
And then she says to you, you know, whatever she says next. But the thing is, you know, can't, can't do it today. You know, here's the thing. When we start explaining to people all the why, why not, if I could, I would, I just can't. So I, you know, and here's why, and he won't let me. And I'm, you know, it's like, it's like rabbit hole time. Yeah. That's why it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why. That's why why is like the lowest quality question. The, the question, mm. what, what is seeking to emerge is so much more powerful. So when she says, can you come over and you say no. And she says, why? You just say, I can't do it today. That's it. And you don't, and you don't say anything else. <laughs> Change the subject. You go for the good, better feeling thought. So you know what? It's really gorgeous out today. We're going to go. We're going to go now. We got some things planned. That's so funny. My husband's always wondering why I always have to explain myself. You know why you do? Because you, you don't feel like you're enough. Right. That's exactly story of my life yes that's what i'm working on that's yeah, what i'm constantly one. working it's a, mm. it's a big one it's, that's why we do 10 weeks mm. if, if you were the only one we wouldn't do 10 weeks it's everyone it's all of us it really is and and some of us to lesser degrees than others when we start to bless the money we have when we start to bless the relationships when we have when you start to when you can when you're able to bless your father things will change and it might not happen today and it might not happen for a while, but when you can actually believe that it's a possibility, things will start to shift. And, and that's, so that's what I teach for six months and we practice it and we understand it and we go deep inside of it. And, and we really get to see that this is us giving ourselves permission to live a, a really expansive life that that's, you know, that we, we really are the creator of all the good that comes into our life. And we don't have to, um, we don't have to like kink up our hose by, by holding that, that thought of resentment or anger or any of that. We do get to let that go. And, and you want to be really um, familiar with that before mm -hmm. you even go on your psychedelic experience, because it's a huge opportunity and you don't want to miss it. Yeah. That's really what I want to say. So if you, if you know, so my website is, um, you can get to me by uh, psychedelic coach and it's one C in there. You can get to me at uh, gratefuldeb.com. And every Saturday I have a, a 2 p.m. Facebook live on every Saturday East Coast time. And I'm there really to answer questions. And because I'm a giant deadhead forever, we always weave some Grateful Dead story in there. And, 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 and I'm just going to say this, some of the most amazing things that I know that have happened, I've learned through being into the Grateful Dead. Because when I go there and dance, when I go there and, and, I'm, and I'm feeling so happy, that's the best place to create from. So I invite you, I invite anybody who's watching, put on some music you love, get up and move, breathe, mm -hmm. dance, take a nap when you start to not feel good. Um, treat yourself really good. Watch what you eat. I mean, in, in the respect that if it feels good, eat it. And if it doesn't feel good, don't eat it. And really get with yourself about what feels good and what doesn't feel good. Hydrate yourself. You know, hang out with people that are that are moving forward, not looking backward. And um, and and really just you know, talk to yourself with kindness. That's it. Yeah, something that I'm still working on, and I'm working on every single day. You can um, do it. You can yeah. Do it. I know you can do it. Feed fear a suck it sandwich. You're a badass girl. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. That's and you know, really, I, I really appreciate your insight. Thank really, you. I feel like I got a transformational um, 
um, session from you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's, it's these things aren't easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it really is a matter of growth and you have to trust and you have to want, you have to see your stuff coming out on the other side. That's the thing, you know, um, it, it, you know, these things are temporary. That's how you want them to be. You know, that's mm -hmm. the good news is that, is that everything is going to shift into something different. You're, you know, you know, to be the mom of your kids, you can't be that 12 year old, that 13 year old, that right. 15 year old. You, you had to move beyond that. And this is the good news. So we celebrate, we celebrate that these things, you know, we've learned from them. Wow. That's it. Thank you. Lots of love. Thank Lots you. of Thank love. Everybody. Thank All you. Right. That was okay. Deborah Servetnik, transformational life coach and psychedelic integrative coach. For more information about Deborah, visit atstpodcast.com. That's the letter A, tstpodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my monthly magazine, Authentic Insider. I'm Lori Lee Binstock. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. Take care. Mm -hmm.